Hey, welcome to the check-in. My name is David Gunger. I'm filling in for David Cadaba, who is out sick today. Today we have one guest, a very special guest, Jack. Jack Sabo, where are you checking in from? I'm checking in from our office in Jaffa for one of the last times in a long time, in about a year. Jack, why are we not going to be hearing from you for so long? What's what's going on? What will you be up to for this next year? Well, I decided to take a little break from this work um, to put it in in academic terms or even pastoral terms. I'm taking a sabbatical uh, for a year from this work uh, that is kind of open-ended, like education and like you know being a pastor. So it's, it's work that has been profound. It's been an incredible journey, but it's also been very heavy and very exhausting. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, the reality on the ground is, is shifting. Um, family life is, you know, it's important and it's, I'm paying a price. You know, I felt, I was feeling like, I had to focus a little bit on family life as all these things are shifting. So all that together. And I think it's a, it's a good moment to, to kind of step back, reflect, you know, take some time to see where I'm going, um, what I want to do next uh, with Telos, outside of Telos. We'll see. We'll see where this year takes us. Um, I'm excited to go on a long kind of reflective journey. Jack, can you tell us a little bit about your family and the season that you're in as a family right now? Yeah, it's been it's been a hard season. It's been busy, um, you know. Coming out of uh, Corona, we had uh, we had a larger staff team here on the ground, um, and so it's been a little bit busy. And I've been largely kind of on my own here on the ground, and so. That's kept me away from my daughter, my daughter Jenna, my wife Adrie. Uh, my wife owns a shop where we live here in Jaffa, and six-year-old Jenna is just starting first grade um, this next week. So big times, um, and yeah, and so it's been, it's been, you know, they they love what I do, they love meeting the people I work with. Um, they love my colleagues that I work with and I love what I do, but it's also kept me away from home and and it's been, and it's been hard just this past year. Um, but I think in addition to that, it's, I think it's going to be fun to, to be present a lot more, um, in these kind of critical years as, you know, my daughter is going to first grade, starting, uh, elementary school and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that part. Jack, you have been a part of Telos for many years. I know that I've had the privilege of you leading trips for me multiple times and for friends and for communities that I've been a part of. I'm wondering about the reality on the ground now versus the reality, let's say, from when you first started at Telos. Could you tell us how long you've been at Telos and a little bit about what it's like right now on the ground for you working in Israel and in Palestine? Uh, I've been with Telos for eight and a half um uh eight and a half years now so it would have been nine years uh next january um yeah and i've seen you know staff come and go with telos i've seen the organization change a little bit um and that probably has to do with you know the changes on the ground that i'm mentioning 
um, it's, it's, it's been incredible to watch because I think as an organization, we have dug deeper to what it means to be a, a peacemaker, what it means to be pro this side and pro that. Um, and in different contexts, you know, when I first started, we weren't working in the U.S. South, for instance. Um, and, and I think that the important part of that, you know, most recently was how that should not be neutrality. Not that anyone on the team was ever neutral, but we always wanted to be welcoming, especially in a polarizing and, uh, world, um, which meant that maybe some folks might have thought that Telos was a neutral kind of safe space. Um, and at that very moment, Telos kind of did a, a reevaluation and said, let's explain a little bit more about what we mean by this kind of third way approach. And, um, and then that's when we as a team came up with the principles and practices of peacemaking uh, to really put clearly and in writing what we do support and don't support and that we won't stand for injustice um, because we, are, we, we love all people and we're approaching this work from a place of love but not a love for the injustice um and that was really important i think and that was um really kind of profound to, to see happen in real time um and a lot of that you know as i said likely has to do with the reality on the ground because at the end of the day for us as staff on the ground whether in the u.s south or here in ip and i'll talk more specifically about my reality um, you know, if participants go home thinking that pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinian uh, or a solution to this conflict is praying for both sides or not making one's mind up on the effects of discriminatory policy or, or military occupation, then, then we feel like we've put in a lot of time and resources and we've shared our life um, in a way that that wasn't re that really didn't translate into into a movement for peacemaking, um, and so and so that's that's kind of heavy to to go home with, and so it, I think that was really important to to really kind of explain and lay out what peacemaking is and is not. Jack, you live in realities that we often talk about, where you're facing types of daily injustices as well as daily dangers. I'm wondering if you could give us some insight into your time when you have been leading trips and perhaps you felt that danger, not only for yourself, but that danger for your family. Yeah, it's, it's doubly, as uh, you know, it's doubly hard when you're, you're living this reality and you're also working on it. Um, maybe I'll start from kind of just a, an overview of today and, and we'll, we'll go, we'll get back to that, but it's, it's really gotten to a point now like 2023, right? We've gotten to a point now that we have people at the highest echelons of Israeli government um, now letting people walk after they've killed Palestinians in cold blood. You know, they, this guy, settler, was in a Palestinian village, killed a Palestinian 19-year-old, went to court, was out, you know, in a couple of days um, because he's affiliated with the Minister of Interior and, um, and and some of these figures that have have really just taken the, the, the current reality or the reality that we had into to a really dangerous place, to a more dangerous place than we've we've ever seen it. Um, we're at a point now where on both sides of the green line, uh, there have been currently over 300 Palestinians killed either by the Israeli army, settler violence, 
or the state's lack of desire to quell criminal activity as long as it's primarily affecting Palestinian citizens of Israel. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about over 300 people, we're in August, the year isn't over yet. Those are war zone numbers, you know. So we're, 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 we're progressing or digressing, you know, to, to a really dangerous place. And um, yeah, and so like, and, and we've had different uh, attacks on Gaza and wars and, and rocket fire and, and all of that happening um, kind of more frequently um, as, as these figures um, and governments have kind of tried to double down and, and prove themselves in terms of, of defense or, or being um, against uh, Palestinian statehood or whatever. So, I mean, just one of those times was earlier this year, I was on a trip and there was um, another, you know, attack on Gaza um, and a bombardment on Gaza and then rocket fire from Gaza. And I'm with a group on the ground and at the same time, my family in Jerusalem um, and at the same time, my family's in Jaffa. So on the coast, right near Tel Aviv and rockets are, are flying over towards Tel Aviv. And for the first time, I think as a, as a parent of, a, you know, at that point, she's six years old. She's starting to, to pay more attention. Uh, the previous times we, we were able to hide it a little better. The sirens, the, the, the explosions and stuff, we'd make noise in the room. Um, but she was at home with her mom really having to deal with, with all this. She, she, you know, um, what's happening? What does war mean? What does rockets, are we going to die? And my wife who's also, you know, worried about all this is, is having to have these conversations by herself without her husband. And I'm kind of far away with, with a group of people trying to make them understand the reality on the ground. So it's just a lot of emotions to hold in place. And so you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing is super important, but taking care of my daughter in that moment is also, that needs to be priority. And so um, I ha I did go home. I mean, the, they were very graceful. The group that was, that was there made sure, you know, that they were pushing me to go home. And so I'm glad I did because that night there were, there was another wave of, of sirens. And um, I remember sitting in the bathroom with, with Jenna and, you know, and her asking these questions and, and I'm trying to help her talk through that these sirens don't mean that a rocket's going to follow on us. We're not going to die, calming her down. Um, so um, I, I am appreciative of that. I got to have that moment, but just all of this together, um, having to do this for a living and live the reality has meant that um, it's it's taken me away from from times from from my family at times where they've I should have been there or I should be there um, and it looks like hopefully it doesn't get to this point but as things are getting worse you know it's just I want to be kind of present more. Um, and uh, and giving them that time going forward. Jack, you are so loved and respected at Telos. Um, really, Jack, you are the embodiment of so much of what Telos is. And I think we are trying to currently hold the tension of hearing how much of a toll this work can take on a person. Um, hold the tension 
um, of your work as a peacemaker and as an activist and also the tension of being a father and being a husband and being someone that is going through the daily struggle of the reality of life in Palestine and in Israel. I think of the tension that you must go through of guiding people over and over with the same types of questions and the same types of narratives and bias, as well as the tension of daily life, of being taken away from your family during those moments that can be really scary and also those moments that can feel dehumanizing. And you're navigating something that's beyond comprehension for myself. I can think that I know what it's like, but I know that I, I can't ever really know what that's fully like. And I'm just imagining if I was in your shoes, how tiring and exhausting that could feel. As I hear you think thoughtfully um, about ways not to burn out, I'm inspired um, by you taking care of yourself and by taking care of your family. And I am so happy that you are valuing your own mental health. And I'm just, I'm very grateful for it. It's a little bit of a, of a break because this is a marathon, you know, you come up for air and I have a, a gift of patience, I'll say. Um, but so that's, that's gotten me this far. I'll take, I'll take a break and hopefully jump back in the game for sure. I don't see any way out, you know. Jack, can you tell us a little bit about who is going to be leading trips in Israel and Palestine uh, while you're on sabbatical? Yeah, um, that's a pretty exciting thing. We've got um, Ellie Philip, who's managing the office currently. Um, he's been with us for the past few months now. Um, and then we have um, other candidates and people that will be joining the team just in the next couple of weeks, actually. So um, we'll likely introduce them once it's official. But we have a great group um, of people kind of joining the team, um, Christian Palestinians, uh, Jewish Israelis. Um, really bringing kind of also the diverse nature of this work and, and what it takes to to bring in different voices into this work. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so you end up kind of maybe doing the same things that you always do because it's it's comfortable and it becomes a routine. So it's also exciting to see how new people, new perspectives are going to bring in new experiences into this and, and speaking to things differently. So yeah, um, I can't wait to hear about all that as it happens. Jack, for this next year, what are you going to be focusing on creatively? What are some of your goals for this time? I have some travel dates coming up. Um, I'll be in the States towards the end of September with, with the family, um, which I'm looking forward to. Um, we have a wedding in London, catching up with friends. So a little bit of traveling. And then um, I'll probably be kind of just, I want to do some writing. I want to do catch up on reading that has nothing to do with Israel-Palestine. <laughs> you know, a lot of this work, it's like you become so focused on this issue because it's it's your life, it's your work, it's... And it's just like you you stop being a human at some level and you're just Palestinian or Israeli in this conflict because you you create all this expert expertise on this issue. Um, but there's a million different things that we as individuals are interested in and want to know about and want to learn about. And so it's just like to have the capacity and the free time to do that stuff, you know. Um, I think, yeah, that'll be fun. 
Well, Jack, we love you and we celebrate you. We're so proud of you. And we're really excited about this next chapter of life for you. Me too. This seems like both kind of a, a close of a chapter, but a beginning of a chapter. Um, hopefully with Telos, um, I've had some incredible memories with the folks that have come out with you, David Gunger, um, on the ground here. Um, amazing pastors, um, authors, um, musicians that have come out. It's just been such a really fun ride uh, this past eight and a half years. Um, and, you know, just because it is a moment, I think, and it's not like um, I'm quitting Telos, but um, but I do want to give a lot of props to, to Greg and Todd in this journey. Um, I will forever cherish the support and mentorship that I got from them both because as I think think back at like all the the memories I've made on the trips, they've they're that thread, they're the common thread that was always there and always kind of providing a lot of support and and helping helping me, you know, be the best version of myself I could I could be. Um not getting paid to say this, by the way. <laughs> um, but I think it is important to say. I've had many jobs throughout the years and i've i've learned that it's not often that you get um you get you know a manager or boss that's uh that's appreciative and 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 you know is supportive so so i do appreciate them both and i appreciate the larger team I, that's another thing that has kept me with telos um for over the years and and um you know ultimately i i didn't quit i I want to be part of this family because you guys are just an amazing group of people that wake up every day that are really trying to live out these principles that are, that we put on paper. Right. And I don't take that for granted. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And, um, and we'll be in touch. Jack Saba is a legend and an amazing peacemaker and friend. We are so glad that you have joined us on the check-in today uh, please sign up for our newsletter. You can find that online on our website, tellusgroup.org. And also please rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out some new music that the Good Shepherd Music Collective is releasing in partnership with Telos around the principles and practices of peacemaking. My name is David Gunger. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I hope that you'll stay curious. Walking different streets, but I wonder if 
Same thing. We want peace and love. 